0: I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi, guys.
1: Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today, it's going to be a very interesting interview because I've got Tom Myers with me. Tom Myers is the author of Futurize Yourself. He's a man who was not good for anything, he was a lost cause as a young man, a failure. And then he figured out that actually, firstly, the past does not equal the future. Secondly, um, there is, there are ways forward how we all can grow. He learned how to future-proof himself, how to, to survive in this ever-changing, ever-more chaotic world. And when I read that, I thought, I need to have this guy on my show. So, Tom, thank you so much for being a guest on my show.
0: Thank you very much, Stefan. It's uh, always a pleasure to, uh, one, listen to you, look at you, and now to be part of uh, your show. So uh, thank you very much. Really pleased to be here.
1: Oh, an absolute pleasure, man. It's beautiful that your transformation into this man now who wants this to really make this world a better place by uh, a, a number of means. It's just so beautiful that that actually answers already a question that I actually wanted to ask you. Is there still hope for this bloody world we have got, you know? pandemics we have got uh, we are never closer to the doomsday clock to midnight okay we are this these are some very shitty times um yet you're saying there is hope
0: how do you get onto that boat how do you think (laughs) yeah there is hope because when when there is darkness, there is light, right? When there is light, there, there is a shadow. And most of the time when things, some things are really, really bright and they cast big, big shadows as well. And so we are maybe into this kind of duality world for shadow and light at the same time. And at the end of the day is what are we as individuals going to do with it, right? What How are we going to deal with that? The world has become much smaller due to the technologies that we are using. Mm -hmm. And we are worrying rightfully sometimes about far distant places. But Mm -hmm. sometimes we forget that we have a lot of control where we are and who we are and how we react to these things. And it's something we need to learn, right? And so if more people are taking small steps to better themselves, you create a giant leap for mankind. Perfect. And this is not me talking. This is just, I say I would say, a universal law. So let's, let's start to look from what we are doing as individuals, not waiting for other people, or not waiting for other people to decide uh, about our faith and start taking that what we can take in control, and taking control over it. Indeed. And and your control over what you're doing, what you're saying, your decisions, your choices has an impact not only on yourself, but also on other people. Every single decision, every single choice, everything, every action you take has influence. So think about that. What are you deciding? How are you acting? What is your behavior? And start with that and say, from how can I make this day a little bit better? How can I make it better for myself and other people by doing something that is rightfully uh, a a small step? But, you know, when you smile to somebody and that smile comes back, Mm. or when you say a nice word, or when you get a nice word, this is also one that I find fascinating and that when I heard it, when somebody gives you a compliment, don't say, oh, it's nothing. Save them, thank you. That's very kind. I really appreciate that. And then you've already started to shine a light, right? Yes. And yes, it will not
1: solve all the big problems. But oh, please. No, I love what you say, and we are so bad in taking compliments. We are so bad in the the voice, the voices that we let talk within ourselves, at ourselves. Man, oh you idiot. You Stupid man, you, the way we call ourselves, um, we are our worst critics. And so many people do not know how to take a compliment. They do not know how to be actually to accept what is someone saying with gratitude and therefore let the other person actually give. And the act of giving you, by you saying, no, no, it's nothing. You actually, you belittle that act of giving of trying to do something you're so right
0: very nicely said and you can go even a step further in that if they give you a compliment start to analyze what they are saying you know from what kind of talents are they um highlighting in you and that you maybe didn't realized that it was something special <laughs> right okay. so you can learn from that eh, from to say from hey this is somebody said that hey somebody else said that so it would start there starts to be a pattern and this is also uh, how I got out of that kind of uh deep down uh you know good for nothing because I was told from start looking what people say to you and say from hey thank you Tom can you help me with this or Tom um you know uh, I've got this problem uh, or can you can you help me with this Hmm. and that looking at that, say from why do they ask me this and not my friends, right? And then you can start to start to figure out parts of who you are. So you can use these kind of compliments in a, in a, a very beautiful way, and you know, and then learn from that, and then improve yourself, and then say from, and then it's it's building up. Huh?
1: But, I mean, you're, you're now in the light, and you try to be the light in the darkness of others. In order to become that light, you have to be in the darkness yourself. So if we were to go back to the, to the times where you describe yourself as not good for anything, where did that thought come from? Was it that other people told you, or that your expectations were very different? Were their expectations different? Where did this negative picture come from?
0: um well many failures i would say also so i was trained as a yeah so i was trained as a chef because i didn't know better and i went to catering school when i was 12 years old and then, when i finished when i was 19 i went to to work in england so i live in belgium i went to work in england to improve my english in hotels and then went on the cruise ship and then i got promoted and then that promotion didn't go very well uh you know i got like a sort of a mental breakdown during you know a couple of weeks after the first improvement of of becoming a supervisor and i had so many of these events so every time that i stepped up one notching to the hierarchy that i would just collapse uh, um, that was one part that you say from okay you know i can only be a waiter and that's about for the rest of my life that is going to be that um then also uh some episodes with my father that um that were in a way contributing also to say from you know tom you know on a monday i go to work and okay, my uh, my colleagues talk about their sons and their daughters and their school reports and uh, what have I Got to say about you? Nothing. I can't even be proud of you, you know. And then, bam! Yeah, right. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah. And so these elements are are contributing to a sort of a a, a complex, and that you're not good. And then. When I came back from traveling around the world working hotels, so when I was 28 I came back to Belgium and then a friend of mine said from hey Tom, you know um, what do you what are you going to do now?" and I said from I had no idea And then he suddenly said from hey Tom, you know I have this great opportunity you know the business that he had started during the eight years that I was away was a traitur deli so selling charcuterie, cheese, wine and he said "From we want to expand and you know don't you want to open your deli?" You know, we will help you. And, you know, we have a place where you can do it. You can do it on your own. And so everything was pre-arranged and just handed to me on a plate. Like, uh, And for me, it was like a gift from the from the heavens, you know, from I had no idea what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I was in this limbo. And again, that question from, am I only going to be a waiter for the rest of my life? You know, that's really depressive for me. And for some people, it can be a great thing. For me, it was not right. Mm. And that is when um, I started this deli on the 9th of the 9th, ninety-nine. so it's a day you never forget. <laughs> and again, two months later, I was suicidal, depressed. Oh. So it was even lower than the lows that I had already been. And because it didn't work, I was I felt imprisoned in my shop. Because I was used to traveling around the world, right? <laughs> I used to work on cruise ships on the Queen Elizabeth II. I went to New Zealand. I went to Auckland. We went to <laughs> Tiano and over in all these places, right? Yeah. And then you start, you know, you come into this shop, and I didn't realize how important freedom for me was. I didn't know myself at all, and that kind of freedom of being able to wander uh, was very important and some people say but tom you know you're an osteopath now you have your practice in brussels uh yes but it's my center from where i can travel and explore the world again you know i'm going to india now to teach in at the end of the year i'm going to brazil and in the meantime i'm still hoping to go to south africa and dubai right but then again, there so, is
1: a transformation waiting to be heard about um, because here you are deep down in the doldrums uh, feeling really caged, literally. Um, and having said that, there is not enough Belgian chocolate in your shop to get you out of that out of that <laughs> dark darkness. Yes. yes I did, you, did you try the Belgian no. chocolate? I mean, it is it has phenomenal medicinal purposes. So I've been taught.
0: <laughs> yeah so exactly so so this is that came from then that kind of um how do you say it you know so it's reconfirmed over and over again it has another word i can't think of it uh, and it's and then when that shop didn't work mm. of course that for me was like mm. the moment where i started to believe that my dad was right mm. and and that my auntie that I heard in the background, oh Tom will never make it, you know, when you're like a nine nine-year-old or 10-year-old, and you know, um then these things come up out of your memory and I say from okay, they probably are right. And then what's the point of living? What's the point of going on? I had a mother who was ill all her life and still is, and but she's thriving at the moment in her in her role um of you know being in a wheelchair and things like that because she's taken care of very well by uh you know by the um, retirement home where she is and that's where i saw her live for the last 10 years for the first time so i also have this kind of image of what sickness is what depression is and my mother went to the psychiatrist went into care for sometimes a month when i was younger and you know when i saw that i said from i don't want that life and if i i said from life needs to have meaning needs to have a sense uh, i need to feel that i evolve in some way uh, there must be something that you you know a good future something that you you know want to wake up for and i had none of that none and i said from if that's it i don't want it i don't want it because that is like that doesn't make sense to me
1: mm, absolutely
0: when there is life there must be meaning and purpose because that is the in for me intrinsically related to life and now i can talk about this but at the time you have to know that i was a very very ignorant person in many ways about life right i was blue behind my ears at 29 i was still a kid i'm a late bloomer i call myself and so but but Inside of me, I could feel the truth of it. And in one of your shows that I listened to recently, the lady said, I can't remember her name, the lady said also something, you know, sometimes you need to listen to yourself and not to what others say. And and this is indeed um a truth that I resonate with. It doesn't mean that you should not get help and do it all by yourself. Because I did not get out of my problems by myself. Somebody saw me struggling. It was the local pharmacist who I had befriended. This was a, a 20, so I was 29. It was the first person that I ever, ever talked about my problems about my parents did not know my troubles never my friends did not know about my troubles inside Mm. i've never ever discussed it they discussed theirs i never shared mine my dad and my mother only found out by reading my book in 2018 so when i was 48 (laughs) that's when they found out how I felt and how far I had gone down the rabbit hole.
1: What made you change? What what made you suddenly open up to this friend of yours, to this pharmacist? What made the change there?
0: I think I was, there was a few elements. First, I was deep, deep down the rabbit hole. I, I was at the bottom of the bottom. Two, I trusted her you know she was I always thought she was 10 years older than me uh, but she was actually 20 years older than me I didn't realize that so that's how good she looked <laughs> um, and she was married she had two children and there was some kind of a, I think there was a spiritual bond between us somehow nice. there was something more to it more and um and suddenly, yeah, this, we had just had conversations. So I never really, it's like not a, a psychologist or something like, we just had conversations. But in these conversations, all of these elements uh, came up. And then she came in one day into my shop. And she says to Tom, and she had a piece of paper with a number and one name. And she from, here's a number. Elena is the name. Call her. She will help you. And the, and then she said it's an astrologer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're talking the year two thousand, right? You know, and an Excellent. astrologer, and Excellent. and the the thing is that she had seen her give a presentation about what astrology is, and, you know, that it's not some kind of divinatory science, but that it is based on, you know, more like on psychology, and that she's like a a, a coach more than anything else, like a life coach. And I, you know, I rejected it straight away, right? You know, I said, I was just thinking about in the in the little newspapers and things like that. And I said, (laughs) No way, you know, that's for desperate people. (laughs) 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 That's not for me. That's for desperate (laughs) people. and i think it was about three weeks later that i called the lady and about a month later i was sitting behind her desk and the first question she asked me asked me was uh so what are you doing here and it's like not even hello how are you no what are you doing here and it was this really tall slanky uh intimidating person right and she was standing up and she was like and i was like Ooh, <laughs> and the question is like, what are you doing here? And I thought from I'm an astrologer, don't you know? <laughs> Doesn't she know what I'm doing here? <laughs> anyway, um, no, she, you know, but she made all the difference for me, right? She she asked me, you know, tell me your story. Uh, after I said, From what am I doing here? I said, from, you know, I'm trying to find that kind of balance within me I could describe that inside there is like this wheel going into one direction and another going into this other direction and it's like it feels I'm in conflict you know this is not right and I want to find out what this is where the two wheels are you know somewhere rolling with the flow and in a similar direction I say from okay she said okay tell me your story and so I started to tell my story as we are doing here in many ways, uh, and then she gave me homework to with three questions. Um, you know, she said, "From you always talk about your friends; and they are better than you, and you are nothing." Now, describe me in what are they better? Okay, so I had to describe my friends and what, in a way, I shorten it in what I, what I admire in them. And then the second question was. Why do people come to you remember i mentioned this before why do people come to you just so that's where it comes from eh? now you know so i had to look what people were asking me for yeah. for help yeah. and then the third thing was when what had i done that i would say for oh i wish i could do this for the rest of my life right that kind of flow experience uh-huh. and of course The stories that I wrote down, I sent it to her, and then these were discussed. And from these stories, five words emerged. And that was therapy, therapist, communicator, teacher, researcher, and traveler. And then she pointed it out in in the astrology chart where they were. And then it suddenly made all sense that this was my potential that I just had found. Through these questions, I had unearthed the potential that was within me wanting and screaming to be developed.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. That's beautiful. And it just shows that sometimes um, you have no clue who the catalyst will be, who comes into your life. Uh, and if you, one of the biggest mistakes that you can do is say no to. Uh, how should I say that? It's sometimes it's very good to say no to opportunities. There is the fear of missing out, but there's also the joy of missing out. Um, so let's be clear: there is a good balance there. Um, having said that, sometimes people come into your life for a reason, and I'm so pleased for you that you jumped over your shadow, that you actually uh, just gave it a shot, see what could possibly go wrong. Um, And I love that. I love that because you never know where, who, who you meet, who asks you a question that will start that seed to, to grow in your brain. And that's exactly what happened to you
0: did yeah, you and that's like 23 years ago and it's like still today I'm in awe and in I'm so grateful for for the process that happens right because from and you know, also when you're saying from fear of missing out or joy of missing out you know at the end of the day these five words then were projected into the future that's where the futurist start the futurist idea uh, started right because she said from okay now create an ideal day in 10 years time oh, no. and i thought from, but i have so many problems now you know my <laughs> business is failing i am failing why think of, why do i have to think about in 10 years time about myself right it seems to be completely ludicrous yeah bonkers but i was so scared of her <laughs> that i did my homework <laughs> sometimes it's really good to be intimidated by somebody and um and so i i did write it down and and again fantastic how that then has influenced my life because everything i wrote down then in my deep suicidal depression, in my worst days of my life, that what I wrote down, I am today. And I wrote down, I'm a therapist that has um, developed his own approach. I have that. Who has written a book about it. I have two books, but not that book yet. That's my next one. And I'm asked around the world to give presentations and workshops.
1: Nice.
0: That was the description of my ideal day that I based on the logical deduction that if life was going to make sense, then it had to be linked to my potential. Because why else would I be born with potential different than somebody else? If I'm born with these gifts, with these talents, with this innate abilities that other people don't have or have different ones, wouldn't that make sense then that you develop them and that in that development that you feel more you, that you feel more in line and in harmony? It was, at the time, it was just a logical deduction that I could imagine. Today I say from, damn right it is.
1: If you think that through, um, though, it is beautiful. But how did you come to to become an osteopath? What made you choose that? Because okay. the, ultimately, the, many of the things that that you're doing nowadays are trauma informed, are are essentially uh, actually very logical, uh, logical groves that you that you logical paths you went on, but then you had no clue, so. So how did you choose?
0: Okay. A um, little step back for that is that when I wrote the stories yeah, from these three questions, one of the stories was that um, what people said about me or what they thanked me for. And it was really strange. I wrote down that at New Year when my aunties were sitting around the table, right? And and I was standing up and I was going to listen in i always would put my hands on their shoulder on one's shoulders right and my hands always started to massage automatically it said it did this right and then i was listening and then when i went away they said hey hey don't go away come back <laughs> and then i was i was for some reason, I thought about this when I had this question. And I was thinking from, if somebody doesn't have that gift in their hands, you put, and somebody puts their hands on your shoulder and say, hey, let, uh, you know, don't do that. Huh? Or you wave them away. But with me, it was the opposite. Please, 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 please stay. Excellent. And so Manuel was somewhere already pres- present in my story stories okay the next step so i have my my goal i have my future and the ideal day of my future i have it and it's about two months later that again the pharmacist right second time she influenced me took me to a presentation on kinesiology so muscle testing uh energy work And when I saw this lady giving the presentation to, you know, to promote her workshops, I said, but that's it. I I am not trained as a medical doctor. I don't have any medical background, but that's a therapy. That is a therapy I can do. Uh And so as soon as that workshop, as that presentation was finished, I I subscribed to her next workshop. And then there, the first day or some like in the first hours when we start to do that, she, she looked at me and she said, have you done this before? And i said from um, no but for me it's like easy peasy it's like it feels like I'm coming home right it's like it's like i've done it all my life he said oh but if you like this then you have to do this course in that course so i followed like loads of courses in kinesiology during you know in the time that i had available yeah. and then you know about a year and a half later I, I went back to the astrologer, who like also become a little bit of a sort of a friend, you know, somebody that I could go and talk to without having a consultation. And I said, "From Elena, do I have to become a doctor? Because you know, I want more. I want I want some. I want a better education. Kinesiology was still very much into the uh, complementary uh, field, mm-hmm. and I wanted something a little bit more grounded. And that's when she gave." straight answer for the first time ever she gave me a straight answer system or osteopathy, or um Chinese medicine and I had no relationship with Chinese medicine I've never been treated by Chinese medicine I didn't even know really what it meant for acupuncture but I had been treated by an osteopath kinesiologist (laughs) and so it was very clear it's osteopathy and then wonder by wonder in the year that I'm going to look for for where can I study osteopathy, a school opens in Brussels where I live.
1: <laughs> you know, as oh, if no. there's not a larger a larger force at play who, who says, okay, yeah. come on, yeah, well, let's take it. I, I'm,
0: I'm co- totally in awe by, by this kind of <laughs> cool You can't call it coincidence anymore. It's like fate, fate. But again, the importance of that is, and I want to come back to what you said earlier on of uh, joy of missing out, or fear of missing out. Once you have that future outlined, once you are clear about this is the life that I want, based on your potential, based on how you want to feel and your aspirations, it's what I call the DNA of your future, which is the topic of my second book, eh? The, The Futures Effect, because i found in looking back that my life has been based off on that what does not alter dna does not alter (laughs) i found the stability through change in my life i wanted to feel remember that i said this before i was not feeling well i didn't have no hope i was not feeling very well i had no my aspirations of life that having this to evolve and to have a good future was all i didn't have none of that yeah so my dna was based on how do i want to feel i want to feel content fulfilled and healthy do you think that at 80 i don't want to feel content fulfilled and healthy i think yes i still do and i've always done so that is my does not alter in my feelings, my does not alter in my aspirations, is a great f- future, i.e. life, which is good, resilient, evolvable, actionable, and transcendent. So at the end of my life, to say from there's meaning, there is purpose, and I'm leaving this place a better place for me, being in it for the next generation. So I'm a transgenerational thinker. And my the bonds between these two strands is my potential. That is what makes my feelings, and my aspirations into into an ongoing reality. Mm. With that, I've created my future. At the time, I did not know that. So now, by looking back, I see models. And why models are important? Because models, you can pass them on. It becomes something concrete. And what we need in this fast-changing world is models that are... For life, so that when everything around changes, that you have a structure to hang on to, on which you can hang. Yeah. So it's like a um boat hanger, you know, one of these poles, and then you hang things on there and yeah. take things off them. But that does not change. Yeah. And this is what is going to create the future what we want and and it's going to give us the resilience. We need to be flexible and adaptable in this fast changing world because what we need is something to hold on to because when everything changes, fear comes up, anxiety comes up because we don't know what is going to get. But what if you have this kind of DNA of your future, then you always have something. You don't need to be fearful of because that DNA can be expressed in different ways. And then we go into epigenetics. Mm -hmm. Epigenetics says the way a DNA is stimulated will change the expression. Mm -hmm. So today I'm a therapist expressed as an osteopath. Mm -hmm. But when I'm 80, I might be a therapist sitting in my sofa in my retirement home listening to the nurses
1: which is hard to Maybe. imagine because to i think you will still be the leader you will still be a man who is active you will still want to grow you will still want to have a meaning and all those exactly. things i cannot see yes. that you suddenly stop okay that's it now i have arrived at my at my destination it says of none of not. the people ever who come onto my show because we are we are we are nearly hooked. We are addicted to this new life, where we actually find meaning, where we actually find ways of expressing ourselves. The the joy of of writing a book, um, the the joy of of actually talking to someone and seeing the lights go on in their eyes, to see hope arriving in their brain. Now that is beautiful that is a power and once you have really tasted that power you don't want to let go this is this is just very addictive and that is the kind of addiction i like okay so yeah and that is part of the what i
0: mean my aspirations yes. all that you are describing are in part of my aspirations for life huh. and so no they won't change but i know that i will be able to express them in different ways huh. right depending on the on my environment depending how the world has changed demanding the depending on my abilities mm. yeah, because okay i always want to be an inspiration but what if i'm physically you know that something happens to me yeah, yeah or that you know dementia is is a reality in many people will i get that i don't know it's a it's a you know futurists are scenario thinkers mm. right We have scenarios of the future, this can happen, and so if this, then that, that can happen. And so we are thinking in scenarios, but I found with my DNA for the future that one structure that is in every single scenario. It's like, because I am in every single scenario, right? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And, and my backbone is in that scenario as well. So I found my other backbone uh, that is in every single scenario and that won't change. And so, but I have, I can think, oh, but this might may happen, like in the retirement home, in my sofa and, to, and listening to somebody that can happen. It can easily be that I'm st- Still giving presentations until my 80s or 90s and that i'm still doing some kind of manual therapy sure that's another scenario okay that's great you know and i know the one i prefer you know you have a prefer- yeah, your preferable scenario and, and you have the probables and you have the plausibles and all of that and i find that fascinating because that again i have hope for the future right why because i have a structure i can fall back upon too mm-hmm. And I'm in control of that. I'm in control of the development. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with small steps, because this is a 23-year process that I'm explaining in a couple of minutes, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. and so, but I'm see, I've seen it work for me. I'm seeing it work for other people. Yeah. So, because it's a universal truth behind it, right? I like that. I like that a lot. But
1: what you're really talking about is to take action to take small steps but to actually decide who you want to be when you grow up and then take small but smart steps to actually get there and often enough we think oh I just need another course or another book or another guru of sorts Uh, the reality is just you need to actually look at yourself, at your basic needs, and start looking after yourself. Start, I mean, you are you are using your hands, um, which points to the fact that muscles and in your case the alignment of the spine and of the joints um, can give us so many clues what's wrong or what's right in, in a body, how we can manipulate that. So after all, the issues lie in the tissues. So therefore, a man like you, you are talking about exercise, you're talking about using the body, uh, basically as a messenger, as well as uh, using it to message to what is inside and, and get you better. So there is the exercise, there is actually the very basic principle of us moving our body in the way that it was designed. So that's beautiful. There's already one action there that all of us can take that all of us can do it's one of the healthy eights one of those eight things in life that we know are uh, are paramount for you living a fulfilled and long life and that is exercise and and uh, going out there using your body in the way it is designed um, so that is what you what you are all about as an osteopath But you are so much more. So here you are, on the one hand, this kind of futurize me, uh, which is sort of a bit abstract. On the other hand, there's this very practical here. Let's straighten you out. What else is there? I know you have got your own system to actually uh, reset yourself. Um, Tell me a bit about that.
0: Yeah, reset approach, which is uh, um, reset is written R-E-A-S-E-T. So the middle word is ease, the return to ease. And <clears throat> it's basically body-centered stress coaching. So stress management, but not necessarily through the th- talk therapy, but it's about first calming that autonomous nervous system and also like bringing back balance within the body's uh, neurohormonal systems you know but through touch eh, right if you have a child and it's in distress you're not going to say and what's wrong and you you know you're like like this and you do not going to touch and this child is crying and is you know you can see that th- there is a lot of stress going on no you grab it and you hold it and then you soothe it through your touch and maybe sometimes to change your voice and yes it will be okay darling you know so you're you're using also the auditive part and and i'm using i'm not hugging my clients right but i'm doing craniosacral therapy (laughs) which represents there are i've discovered that there are um specific areas on the head that when you touch them it has more influence in calming that autonomic nervous system and that is so important today because our autonomic nervous system, which hasn't evolved at all in a say, but our environment has, right? And it's being triggered so much that it can lead to what I call stress-related dysautonomia, so a disbalance in the autonomic nervous system where there is more sympathetic tone than parasympathetic, the relaxation and recoup. Operation, is suppose it can actually be fixed and then you get these multimodal problems right so first of all I have neck shoulder and back pain mm-hmm. and and it's true that like in five to ten years ago people came I have neck shoulder back pain and that was it today mm-hmm. I have neck shoulder back pain and I don't sleep very well and I have mood swings and my concentration is going down and my digestion I have this strange kind of feelings in my legs and 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 and, and. And it's like, oh, my God. So, so you have this one, you know, they come for this one problem. And then they have all these other problems. And they go to the doctor. And unfortunately, the doctor at this moment uh, is looking at disease by disease, mm. right? For the physical, go to see the physiotherapist. For that part, maybe you should stick a, like a psychologist or maybe to a, a psychiatrist. And for this, take this pill. And for that, to take that pill. And so disease by disease symptom by symptom while behind it in many cases is stress related dysautonomia and when you when you start there and then start to so i'm working on the on the head to calm that autonomic nervous system then to go through the body and to uh, relieve all the overcompensation so to reset return to ease the muscles, the ligaments, the, 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 you know, the abdominal part. So to really work around that body from head to toe, allowing all the tensions to unwind themselves before even thinking about doing a, a spinal uh, decoaptation adjustment and then to go to the symptom okay. and all in one session. And most of the time within 20 minutes. And yes, it needs sometimes two or three sessions, but that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the recent approach. And, and I've noticed that, yes, but I can do that. But I can, well, I can help other people to do that as well. Eh? Because I say, from okay, am I the talented one and I have a gift that nobody else has? No. Mm-hmm. And, and who do I teach it to? Well, to physiotherapists, because who else? Touches the body still in in you know in the regular uh, medical and therapy field,
1: yeah.
0: and but physiotherapists are unfortunately going more and more into technological therapy, mm-hmm. right? stimulation, vibration, radiation, and I'm seeing this kind of the touch of physiotherapists is going away. It's And they also program to, the doctor says, do this. Mm. They don't touch the patient. They are not really examining them anymore. It's straight away from, okay, this is the protocol. And I'm starting to say from, hey, look, this is okay, but for the last five to 10 minutes of your treatment, but now let's bring the hands back and start listening to your patient, what is happening. Mm. Very much so. And start. So I'm not teaching them osteopathy, but I'm teaching them how to really listen and start to follow the body, what it and and say from the body knows Mm. and allowing the body to unwind itself first before you actually start making yourself decisions to help. So for me, first part is I'm listening, accompany the body to reset itself. And then at one stage I have to make a decision and say from okay the body is in this state but I can improve by my own volition right? from through the knowledge through the experience that I have if I do a spinal decoactive adjustment that's not the body saying from do this right this is me that decides and then maybe I need to readjust an ankle because it's been twisted right this is the body is not going to ask me that but I can feel that it's blocked. And I'm going to make a decision to do that from my experience, from what I've learned. So, but first I'm going to listen and then I add my knowledge, my experience. The physical examination and, and the physical touch
1: to use the body to actually let let the body tell you what it needs
0: and what it yes. requires. Okay.
1: And I, do
0: you see this? Do you notice? Yeah. This is a thorough flux. So this is what is normal. So a thorough flux is a spiral. And when you press on it, and it jumps back open. So you have, that is resilience. eh? So when you have the resilience, when there is too much pressure at one stage, then the tissues are going to contract and they don't rebound. Or you have stress a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then it contracts. And the first thing is from listen to the tissues, follow them, follow them, follow them, and then it opens up. Yeah. And this is what we need to do first: is to allow, allowing the body, the ball bo- again in your one of your shows. And the, the body knows, right? You know, we have to listen to, to the body, and the body um, has self-healing mechanisms, but sometimes they are perturbed. But it's about re- going back to the body's self-healing mechanism and starting to say, okay, where are you blocking? I'm taking you there so you can unblock yourself.
1: <laughs> beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And that's that's exactly it. We have the power to stop for a moment and listen, listen to our body because if we can do that to ourselves. Listen. But it is, of course, if you have someone like you, Tom, who actually has this this ability to to skill as well as expertise and knowledge to to listen to the right
0: places um yeah and accelerate then, what is happening exactly i mean i'm an enzyme i'm an enzyme right <laughs> i'm the accelerator the catalyst, the catalyst. <laughs> on, on <laughs> the accelerator they say already yes Tom Tom, the health navigator, now it becomes Tom Tom, the health accelerator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that, actually, I like that. Because (laughs) that is that is then actually allowing your body to function better. Those blockages that you were talking about, this kind of, of tension in some parts of your body whilst other parts are literally paralyzed. You think, what the heck, and unless you meet someone who actually can switch on parts of your body again that you didn't know were actually switched off. It is yes. like a bloody miracle, honestly. Hey. Stefan, hold hey. your hey. arm out there. Okay, let's see. Yeah, that's good. The other arm, okay. Bloop. What the hell? Mm-hmm. What? Oh, yes. What, what? Oh, let, me just, let me just <laughs> switch that back on. What What did you just do? You know? Yes. Unbelievable. And then you realize actually how how beautiful your body is But equally, how the influences in our environment, um, if we don't know how to to guard ourselves or work with these influences, how much they can put a stress on our body, our body then does what it does best. It defends itself by often enough going, going tight, going, oh, oh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm all relaxed. I'm very relaxed today. I've got a beautiful, (laughs) you know. No, you're not. Um, And but for many people, they don't realize that. So therefore, often yeah. coming to someone like you is a start of a journey, isn't it?
0: Exactly. Yes, and the the the, the what I've been discovering also is that there's that stress response because it's not had these updates, right? It's actually become a stressor itself. Hmm. So imagine that your 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 stress response is a, become a stressor because it's being. Uh, because it has no update and it's being expressing itself in a way that is for a very physical attack, right? Mm. To fight, to flight. But for this is being tense up all the time. And so, and because of our, the stimulation of our environment change and changes is actually triggering the stress response. We, because we need to adapt more, more change, more adaptation. So more stress. And if that, balance and if that doesn't uh, get the needed time to recuperate and regenerate then it stays on and then of course you get all these problems, mm-hmm. health problems physical, mental emotional, spiritual and so that is also where that kind of futurization idea comes in from okay but so we know that a lot of change is going to come and how do I um, going to help myself to cope better with the changes that are going to come and my proposition is find your potential find create your dna for the future and create the 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 structure that does not alter over time from which you can always rebound right you can always fall back to so i'm connecting that future thinking yeah. with that with my therapy as a physical therapist yeah. also because evolution is too slow and because evolution takes generation to evolve so you have the natural evolution is too slow for the environment we've created so there is a conflict between biology and culture and so what are we going to do about it and maybe this kind of futures thinking and futurizing futurizing yourself concept is part of the evolopsis or evolving on purpose that in combination with the natural evolution that we can start bringing a more conscious evolution mm. and bring these two parts together mm. to better uh, go forward to flourish and thrive in this fast-changing world without becoming technology because once you put technology within the body, and this is my opinion, Right. This is my opinion, um, that once you start putting technology in the body that has an executive role, so it's making decisions for you without, eh, not from any part of your body, then of course, it's going to switch off functions because it's not used anymore. Then function will will have an impact on structure. For example, DNA, if the DNA doesn't get a certain stimulus and it will express itself differently. And that difference will be passed on to the next generation, which is, for me, a de-evolution, right? Because the technology is not transmitted through the next generation in a natural way. So then we get a de-evolution. We impoverish the next generation. And sometimes it has an impact on three generations later, as we've seen in Holland, for example, when there was a famine... Correct. And the three generations later, Correct. they discovered that the, that the descendants of them have mo- are more prone for depression.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: This is science. Yeah. And so for me, I'm worried. As, as I said before, I'm a transgenerational thinker.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm worried that what we're doing with the body, if we put technology in, that it will be game over for, for mankind. Mm. Okay, it will take another form maybe, but I cannot... With my limited kind of imagination on that, I cannot see that that is a positive evolution. While I know that from my own experience, how I've evolved over the last 23 years, being more conscious and implementing more conscious evolutions into my life, how much richer my life has become, how much lighter my life has become.
1: And there's And there's there's a duty for us to actually go out there and actually spell that out to say that the world will not succeed by having quick fixes. Let it be a drink to calm the nerves down or let that have some technology implant that make your life just a little bit easier or an automatic filter that somehow makes you look good. And oh, for crying out loud, you know? So I actually agree with you. Maybe it is our duty to say that, um, that there are hard times maybe for a reason, there there is this these hard times are there to challenge us to make us grow to make us adapt and that therefore a a new better species uh, is coming out um so i i like that and i think there is there are there's a nice saying hard times make hard men hard men create better times better times create weak men. And I think that is what we are seeing here now, and weak men create hard times. So, I think we we can be our best allies and friends by allowing us to grow and expand our horizons, um, learn to listen again to the innate abilities that we have, um, rather than trying quick fixes or try, um, I mean, take take weight loss at the moment. There are new drugs on the market that are, uh, are can help people to lose weight. But, you know, guess what? <laughs> the moment you stop them, you bounce back. It's just like a diet. It's just like anything else. So, again, we are going for a quick fix rather than changing the way we live, changing the way towards a more sustainable and healthy way forward. And I think that is the duty that that we have as a as maybe people who have transformed that we spell it out to others that you guys can do it too. Don't go for the yes. false friends, but I actually- and
0: it's it's it asks you to work on it, right? right? And it's it's also for the brain, for example. Future's thinking for the brain for long-term thinking is actually very difficult, and they have discovered that when you think about your future self yeah in 5 10 years time yeah. the same area in your brain lights up as a stranger you don't know very well <laughs> right so <laughs> the future you is a stranger you don't know very well so right. why take care of it? right <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> the 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 quest is and to create future self continuity which i describe also what that is in in my book the future's effect is like the more that you're going to work with the future you and okay? so i have created my future me like eh? so this yeah. is 23 years ago and i brought it into my present and so i'm always into this relationship with my future me and and then of course then that becomes you right so the more that you're going to nice. do that that future you is not a stranger anymore it is me oh nice I love right it. yeah and and there is another aspect i know because we, we probably need to end it soon but it is this um reincarnation right and, and this is like a bonkers idea so like after death I'm, i think about that eh, because i'm not fear i have no fear of dying or something like that and i just want to make because you know i want to make the best of life but if it happens it happens but what is afterwards is there nothing or something okay let's say it's 50 50 we don't know eh? some cultures believe there is something yeah. later okay the quest is how if it's true that some part of our soul eh, of our soul or uh, comes back into a body, how do you want that, that world to look like? Because if you think from 50% chance that you will come back, don't you want that world to look? Do, don't you want that world to be somewhere where you actually want to live in? Yeah. Well, then today. <laughs> Your decisions, your choices and actions make that future. I like that. And then I think from this is, is I was thinking about this in the last couple of weeks, and this is quite an interesting concept, right? To give people more motivation to also start thinking of a little bit more ecologically, sustainably, to pay about technology, about the way where we are going and so forth, by thinking from, hey, yeah, you know, you can say from, no, 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 no way that, the, that we will be reincarnated. But then <laughs> exactly. there are many cultures that do Who believe knows? it. Right? Who, knows? Who is right? I don't know.
1: Exactly. Exactly right. Oh, man. Uh, I could talk to you for hours Tom <laughs> it is this is this is a beautiful rabbit hole to go down and actually ponder and and reflect about our possibilities our duties our responsibilities yeah it is is oh it's lovely uh, look if other people get fascinated about you where can they learn more about you
0: well my website is futurizeyourself.com. I think that's the, you know, once, once you're there, you have all the links and find me on LinkedIn, please, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, where I also have a newsletter with, where I actually serialized my last book. And so, so for free, my last book, the futures effect, uh, change your story, change your future is all there. And we are now at episode 51 today. So, but all the, so 51 weeks I've been serializing my book and there's a few more to go, a few more weeks to go. But uh, okay. yeah, find me there. It's uh, I, I wanted to try it. And I think it's fascinating how, yeah, awesome. how Absolutely. you share. And, you know, we are in yes. sharing a sharing economy as well.
1: Absolutely. And that is how we all grow by learning from each other and creating super teams. I uh, love it guys look down there into the description of the youtube video and out of the podcast uh, you'll find all his links there and guys what have you got to lose um you know that get stimulated get get infused don't take your current situation for granted the current situation is whatever it is like my educated guess is it's not so nice so just take that as energy that is ready to propulse you imagine someone pulling back the string of a bow you just need to aim now and choose where you want to go you're ready that you're not that you're feeling not right that is the power that is waiting to be unleashed how cool is that hey so yes. no guys go out there check his books out. good reading I can I can testify to that. Um, he is an amazing man, Tom Myers. Um, thank you so much for coming onto my show. I really really uh I, I put a smile on my face because I I pondered a lot, I reflected a lot and it made me a different man than when than the man who started that interview. I like that.
0: great. And I I want to leave uh, the audience with one last question. Coming from an osteopath, you know, mind your body before your body reminds you.
1: Oh, I like it. (laughs) I might just have to steal that. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, because we're talking a lot about the
0: mind and thinking, yes. But (laughs) whatever you do, your body is creating all your dreams, right? It's always <laughs> part of it. So mind your body before your body reminds you. It's good advice.
1: Oh, 100%. And you guys out there, you heard it all. Look after yourself and live with passion. Bye.
0: Bye. Right. <laughs> I never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Turn around.